0: Welcome back to the Goddess and Sweat's podcast and this is going to be a power-packed podcast. No, I'm just kidding, it's not. It's pretty low key. But this one we kind of I kind of jumped around a bit talking from shooting on yourself and that's really where it started and when you shoot on yourself and shoot on other people and other people shoot on you and you should do this and shouldn't do that and how that led into overthinking and dealing with sensitivities and emotions, and then it all tied back in to shooting on yourself because you should do this or should feel that, and then back to overthinking again. So welcome to, I guess, a weird scattered episode where you get to explore my overthinking mind and my my very special skill. So I'll see you on the inside. I've come to the conclusion that I'm on the wrong microphone. And you would think I would know how to tech by now. Oh well, let's carry on. I have come to the conclusion, the actual conclusion, overthinking is going to be the death of me. It's like a special skill, but (laughs) I fucking hate it. I hate it so much. And you know what makes it worse? Communicating via text. I get more anxiety and overthinkiness happening when I am texting with someone. There are, there's one person in the world where I don't overthink it because we've known each other for pretty much ever and we know how we are. But when you're talking with someone new on text, oh, you say things that you would just normally say, but because there's no context, there's no tone. You start to boil them for thinking and be like, oh my god, I hope they didn't take that the wrong way. Oh my god, I hope... <laughs> or should I have said that? Or is by saying that, is that making me an asshole and making them think that I don't want to talk to them because I need to go to work? But it's really just me letting someone know so that if I don't respond right away, it's not that I don't like you. It's just this is what I'm doing right now. I'm not trying to get out of the conversation. If I had the opportunity, I would probably sit here and chat with you all fucking day because I like conversing with people. I love it. Especially if the conversation is fun and stimulating. Yeah, this is how I overthink. So on one hand, I'm thinking, oh my God, they think this, but this is what I meant. How do I explain that? And you don't want to go in and over explain it because that just brings in more anxiety. And then people look at you weird. And then all of a sudden you find out that, hey, you didn't think that. Okay, that that was just me and my brain overthinking. Yeah, overthinking. Good times, good times. On that note, let's get into the actual topic. The actual topic today is comes from somebody that I've coached in the line of work that I do, coached along with their tools and getting them uh, comfortable with tech. That's That's really what I do. And something came up and I said I should do something and she's like, dude, stop shouldn't on yourself. You know, my mom always used to say, stop shouldn't on yourself. And of course, I love it because it's a great play on words with one of my favorite curse words. It's great. And then I started looking at all the things that how we should on other people. Uh, I'm laughing because I just want to say shitting on because that's really what it is. That's really what you're doing. It all it's all the right context, right? When you should on yourself, you shit on yourself. When you should on others, you shit on others, because you're projecting how you think people should do things based on the life that you're living and where you are and your perspective. Really interesting stuff. And so I think about how. One, I've it on myself because I do. And all this comes from, I don't really know. I'm going to say it's early programming that happens as you're growing up probably, right? Where you get this, there's this idea of what you should do in society. And maybe you don't want to do the thing because it doesn't feel right. But you keep telling yourself that you should. And then you give yourself shit because you don't really want to do the thing. And there's something inside you that's saying, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. But then society is like, but you should do it this way and you should want to do it this way. That's the worst one. That is the worst one. When you should on somebody or even yourself, particularly yourself, and you say, I should want to do this thing. I should want to feel this way and I should feel this way, but I don't. Think about all the times that you've done something because somebody or you have told yourself that you should. And then I start to think about how have I... Should it on other people? How have I been the cause of someone's guilt? Because I say that they should do something or they should feel a certain way or they should want to do something. And really and truly, they don't. And why should they? Why? What in their life would make it seem that that's what they should want to do? Mm. This topic is bringing up a lot of crap. Oh well, we'll deal with it later. (laughs) Bury it for a minute and it'll be fine. So what does shoulding do when you should on someone or should on yourself or someone shoulds on you? I should just say shitting. It would be much better and it would be much more fun, but that's okay. What do what happens? Well, here's what I've experienced, and that is the person, you or the person whoever's being shoulded on, starts to overthink your feelings. Oh, we're back to overthinking. And then you start to wonder... Is what you're feeling real because this person's telling me that I should feel this way but I feel a different way and so then does that mean that my feelings aren't true does that mean that I'm making this up does that mean that I'm wrong for feeling how I feel I don't think so personally I don't think so I mean the thing we have to look at is be being careful not to project our own feelings and how we may feel in that situation Again, it comes back to we don't know. We don't know what's going on in that person's head. We don't know what's going on in their life. And so how can we project how we, think we, how we think they should feel onto them when we don't know, again, what's going on? This comes back to the conversation we had last week about putting someone on a pedestal and then being crushed when you find out that they're a human being that's made terrible choices or what we perceive as terrible choices. We don't know what's going on in their life. We don't know what's going on in their head. We don't know what mental illness or struggles they're dealing with. If they're dealing with some heavy losses or, or even just dealing with a growth cycle in their life, because all of us have gone through growth cycles, right? We get pushed to expand, if you're coming at it from the spiritual woo-woo side, which is how I like to come from it, because it makes sense to me. But people put, you know, you, you, you get pushed to grow and expand, and that can be uncomfortable, That can be so uncomfortable to the point where it's like your insides just want to come out. (laughs) At least that's how it is for me because usually when we're growing and expanding, we're dealing with probably past emotions and hurts that we haven't dealt with and they're still inside us because we didn't actually expend them out. And so now we're dealing with that. We feel a certain way and someone's telling us we should feel differently and we don't. I think that is one of the, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to say the worst form of invalidation, but that's a tough one because it makes people question everything that they're feeling. And the whole point, at least I, what I've come to understand of being on this planet is to feel our way through life, which is really fucking hard when you're told not to feel. I saw this really cool TikTok again. My God, I think I have a problem. Mm. It's okay. It'll be fine. But this guy was talking, I I believe he's a psychologist or she's a psychologist. I cannot remember the pronouns and I'm sorry, it's it's out of no disrespect by any means. Um, I respect whatever your pronouns are, I just don't remember. But they're talking about being sensitive. So I've always been told that I was a very sensitive person. Oh, you're so sensitive, you're so emotional. Okay, so what this person is talking about is how we... We need to be in tune with other people's emotions. You know how when, and I remember this, I remember feeling like this, like when my parents would walk through the door from work, I could, I knew exactly what they were feeling most of the time. I could be in tune if they were angry. I could be in tune if they were frustrated, if they were sad, if they were depressed. And all of those have a slightly different energetic feeling to me anyways. And so I adjusted my behavior accordingly to help them cope. Right? to help them work through it. I wasn't going to be an asshole to them if they're in a frustrated mood. I didn't want to make it worse by any means. So I just held on to my stuff and I was like, you know what, we can deal with it later. But on the flip side, when I got emotional, then I was told, oh, you're too emotional. You're too sensitive. You're so sensitive. And he said, when you, when you do that, you're flipping back and forth and you actually can't flip back and forth like that. It doesn't work. I've talked about how emotions... Uh, I think it was last season. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and actually look. But last season, they talked about numbing the negative emotions. And when you numb one aspect of the emotions, you can't feel the other. So if you're numbing the perceived negative emotions to not feel them because it makes you uncomfortable, it makes someone else uncomfortable. Someone told you you're too sensitive and you've completely invalidated them. And then all of a sudden you want to experience joy. Well, guess what? You're not experiencing joy because you've numbed off. Your emotions on this side and so you can't feel on this side because here's what's really cool about emotions that i've learned every perceived negative emotion you feel there is a complete opposite emotion that has the same feeling in your body an energetic twin if you will so if i look at, at sadness no let's not use sadness because i can't remember what that one was I sure. actually no for sadness gratitude that's how it worked for me, right? When I'm really, really sad and depressed, the opposite emotion that has the same feeling in my body is gratitude, and both of them make me cry. Good times, but, but the vibe is different. It may feel the same in my body physically, but the vibration is different. It's higher, it's lighter, it's not so heavy and, and deep. And then if you look at anger, so for me, when I, how I've experienced anger, the opposite for me is passion. When I'm feeling very passionate, it has that same fiery feel, but it's like you got the black flame and you got the, gl- the glowing red white flame, the yin and yang piece of things. So completely different energetically. And so when you're bouncing back and forth between having to be super sensitive to other people's emotions so you can be aware of where they are, so you can gauge either how you can help them, if you need to stay out of their hair for a while, um, if you need to give them some love and some time, whatever it is, or if they would ask that of you, then you can you can accommodate that. And then here you're being told that you're too sensitive when you need to express those emotions, or maybe you need that person to just be a comforting ear. Or you get really hurt and say something, and they're like, oh, you're just being too sensitive about the situation. Fuck that, that hurt. Like, something isn't sitting right in here. So, And when you're taught to do that at a young age... <laughs> I hope you can hear my son laughing in the background. I really hope you can. It's hilarious. But when you learn to do that from a young age, so now you're cutting yourself off on one side, but you have to be super, super aware on the other side. And I think that's where a lot of my overthinking comes from because you're trying to to find this balance so that you can be a comfort to somebody. Not everybody deserves to be that person that, or not everybody deserves your time to being that person for them. It's a fascinating, fascinating thing. So all of this comes from, it comes back to that shouldn't, right? Well, you shouldn't feel or you should feel this way when I'm here, but don't feel like that when I'm, when it's you. And don't express it to me at all. Now, here's the thing. All of this can make people feel bad. And I've been that bad guy, by the way. I've done that to people. I'm not going to say that I've never done it to people. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it because I wouldn't have anything to relate to it, right? But what that does is that makes someone out to be the bad guy. Right. And so I don't want this episode to be one where you start getting down on yourself because of how you've done it to people. People have done it to you. You've been conditioned, just like how, how it was done to me. The people who did it to me were conditioned to do that. They weren't doing it deliberately to be an asshole. They really weren't. And I know this because those people are still in my life and we still love each other dearly. There's no it's it's not it's not where they're the bad guy in this sense. It's just, it's, it's interesting how we get so conditioned and this conditioning just keeps going down through the lines. If you look at family lines and the patterns in each generation, it's really fascinating to see just how things get put through the line. And what's really cool is when you get those few generations that want to break the cycle, but it's almost like, at least in my experience again, it's like each generation, each one who wants to break the cycle, they just have to break it a little piece of that cycle so that the next generation can break a little bit more and then the next generation can break a little bit more if, of course, they're called to actually do that. That's one thing that I'm working on with my family line is I want to break I want to break some patterns so that my kids don't have to go through feeling the way that my, my parents felt, that my grandparents felt, that even I felt. And it's not to say that I want to shelter them from all negative feelings and patterns or reduce their growth by taking away obstacles. That's not what this is about. I'm talking like super toxic patterns of addiction and abuse. And I didn't feel, at least this is again from my perception, I didn't go through a lot of the same traumas that my parents went through, that my grandparents went through, because one, my my mom, she may not have been consciously doing this, but she made a very strong effort to break some cycles in the family line, which have helped me to be a little bit more open. I'm not saying a lot more open, but a little bit more open. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And so now I get to see how she's changed that and I get to take it a little bit further with my kids where then I can break a few more of those cycles and patterns that have happened generationally. I don't know how we got from shooting on yourself to here, but this is how the conversation flowed. And I think that's kind of beautiful. It's neat how things tie together. So this one feels a little bit scattered, Um, but really all of this came from texting conversations because I kept overthinking things and then I was like, well, maybe I should have done it this way. And then I started shitting on myself and here we are almost 17 minutes later. It's a good time. It's a good time. So again, I want to hear these conversations and one of the things that I'm working hard at and I'm failing at all the time, which means I'm obviously making some kind of progress is stopping and really listening to people's conversations. I mean, I I listen relatively well, but I wanna do better. It's one thing a lot of people have said to me when they actually talk to me physically, they're like, man, you listen really well. Yep, I can. When it's texting, it's hard. So I wanna do better at that via text. So that's what I'm working on this week or this month or however fucking long it takes, right? There's no deadline to when it needs to be done by, but I'm gonna continue working on it. And it'll probably be something i work on for the rest of my life and i hope that you're working on something this week too if it serves you whatever it might be and i'd love to hear what that is too if you're open to sharing it with me and if you're not that's okay i won't be offended i promise i, I meant to say promise anyways with that thank you for being here again i appreciate the support and that you take the time to listen to me for about 20 minutes. And I hope that you're able to take something valuable out of this. Something away that helps you in your life. So keep, keep on keeping on, as my favorite doctor used to say. And remember that I fucking love you.